Welcome to the Powering Potential with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hi there, my name is Chris O'Callaghan, I'm the Managing Director of ACC Australia, and I'm just delighted to be joined today by Robert Kruger. Robert, lovely to see you again. Robert is the manager for Robert Walters and looks after the legal area. Um, Robert, as I say, great to see you. Maybe tell me a little bit about you and your role in the business. Yeah, so I've been with Robert Walters for six years now, and in that time I've focused primarily on recruiting in the in-house space. Yep. Uh, now manage a team of five. Uh, we cover both private practice and in-house recruitment across Australia. Robert Walters is a global business, so we're a small part of a uh, much wider global network of legal recruiters, mm-hmm. uh, but can answer all questions related to the in-house market, private practice market, and the government market across Australia. Very good. And you're based here in Sydney, right? Yes, so we're based in Sydney. We have a national presence, though, so we have placed roles uh, all, all along the East Coast yep. and across to WA as well. Very good. Excellent. Well, look, the focus of our conversation today is is to start exploring maybe some of the trends and uh, and, and assumptions that are coming out from the this your annual salary survey. So maybe we start, uh, Robert, if I can, at quite a high level, and just just maybe share some of the market trends that you're picking up. Yeah, so 2023 has been an interesting year off the back of um, really the highest probably recruitment activity that Australia would have seen and maybe even globally for a long time uh, in 2021 and, and 2022. So whilst the market itself has felt uh, like it's slowed down a little bit, it's probably just been more uh, stable and certainly salary growth itself has stabilised a lot. Um, so again, it feels like there's a change in climate across the market, but in reality, it's probably just more a market adjustment against what had been such high peaks in the previous two years. Right, okay. And it's interesting because I think there's lots of rhetoric out there at the moment about, you know, what people are starting to see in the world of work. You know, for the last two years, we've been talking a lot about is is remote working here to say, what does hybrid of the future look like? Am I going to see an increase or decrease in my salary if I want to work or not work in an office? And I think the backdrop to that, to your point around that's maybe stabilising of the market is really interesting. Within the data that you're looking at that's come out of the survey, what industries are you seeing that are in, if I can use the term, growth? Yeah, so where there's been consistently high demand over the last 12 months has been industries such as superannuation mm-hmm. and energy. Uh, so energy is probably one that globally there's been a lot of uh, impact, uh, various things happening overseas that have impacted the retail area, yeah. um, changing attitude towards how we generate our energy, where that energy is coming from. And, and that's a particularly strong one here in Australia at the moment. We've seen a big transition away from traditional energy uh, streams like oil and gas and, and things like that to the renewable sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've kind of got a, a really changing focus around what energy means within Australia and the opportunities from global companies entering into the Australian market, particularly in that renewable energy development sector, yeah. um, the changing attitudes towards uh, how that generation of, of energy is really coming about has seen the demand for lawyers with certain expertise in that area uh, really grow uh, in demand. 
Yeah, it's, it, and, and just maybe if I can drill down that that last point a little bit. So, what are you seeing is the as the in demand skill set maybe within the energy sector? Yeah, so it will really it will depend on the particular um, sector in which someone's operating. So, i.e., is it retail yep. where it's very heavily regulated um, and there's big demand for lawyers that have that certain expertise versus the renewable energy sector more purely from a development sense where things like um, EPC knowledge, um, knowledge around project finance, um, and even sort of some of the kind of M&A activity that's coming off at the back end in terms of, you know, what do we do with this asset once we've got it complete? Um, so really kind of three major pillars around that development, yep. um, that renewable energy development piece that are very highly in demand at the moment. Um, From an in-house perspective, you know, within a law firm, you might have people operating in different practice groups. Uh, From an in-house perspective, you know, the expectation is that someone knows one of those areas really well. Um, Obviously, it's ideal if they know all of those areas really well, um, but the, the likelihood of having that kind of exposure and that kind of experience only really comes about from being in-house. Um, and Australia is probably relatively immature against uh, European and, and global counterparts as it relates to that in-house growth. Uh, it certainly won't be in 10, 15, 20 years' time, mm-hmm. um, but we are really going through, um, yeah, that high kind of growth trajectory at the moment and, and a lot of change in that space. Yeah, interesting. And so uh, and if you look at the, the, the Australian market then as, as, a, as a whole, and, and in particular, therefore, look at energy as a subset, are recruiters, sorry, are our employers coming to you as a recruiter saying, actually, we're quite open to bringing people from overseas into Australia? Or is there still quite a push to have Australian GCs to develop that knowledge in, in-house effectively? Yeah, so again, it will depend on the company structure. So a lot of the renewable energy companies, particularly if they're in their infancy here in Australia, you might be reporting to someone who is offshore, either based in Spain or Italy or somewhere like that. Um, So the structures there will look quite quite different um, in terms of what they would look for, what their appetite and their attitude might be towards offshore talent coming to Australia. Probably the emphasis around Australian hiring attitudes, though, is uh, candidates that have experience working on local transactions, that yeah. know their way around local regulations, um, that know the, the different nuances um, in order to try and get things done, because it can be different state to state as well, yeah. depending on where some of these projects are. And, you know, thinking of sort of the, the solar space, there's a, a lot of empty space in the middle of Australia that a lot of different states intersect with. Yeah. But how you go about acquiring the land, how you go about doing different things yeah. might change. So uh, as an international candidate uh, or a candidate might have been Australian qualified but has worked overseas, uh, coming back into Australia can be difficult in that early phase. And it's it's certainly not the the preference from a hiring perspective. Um, doesn't mean that it's impossible if you've got that international experience or that um, you know, people don't necessarily like that someone has that international experience, but there's definitely a preference towards someone that's been within the local market. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's really interesting. Thank you. Look, we've talked a lot about the growth. Let's turn the tail slightly. What, what industries are you seeing that maybe are quieter now? Yeah, so probably one that, that has been reducing, I suppose, over the last few years uh, and, and hasn't been anything that's probably any new as a result of 2023 or anything like that, um, but certainly a slowdown in that kind of media and entertainment space. Okay. 
um, particularly sort of see different um, or maybe even sort of a changing landscape if you think from print media to a lot of things that are kind of more digital these days. Yep. Um, there's definitely been a lot of change, a lot of restructuring, a lot of um, reduction in roles more so because companies themselves are um, either going through mergers and acquisitions and downscaling just the number of opportunities that are available in that particular space. Um, so, yeah, that would probably be one area that's that's notable in terms of a change. And then you've probably got newer players coming into the market that are changing everything that I've just said there when you think of companies like a TikTok or something like that, which for all intents and purposes are a technology, but it is a way that people are informing themselves around uh, media and entertainment. And so there's a lot of crossover in terms of the issues yeah. that arise. So um, I guess with you know one sort of subsiding, there's, there's certainly transferability of that kind of knowledge and, and skills across into other areas. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that because I think there is a maybe a, Certainly, my my experience is a certain degree of myth around. Well, I've, I've I've practiced in this particular specialism, and I can't move from this particular specialism. If I hear you correctly, actually, there are elements of of, of interchangeability in every role within the legal space. Yes, definitely from an in-house perspective. Yeah. The okay. um probably the uh, you know a trend that we've seen really over the last kind of five years or, or so has been that. Whilst hiring has tended to target more specific skill sets and in-house teams are getting bigger in Australia and as a result of getting bigger, there's more need to have specialised skills within a team, there's still an inherent generalism to uh, a majority of the in-house roles. So um, whilst there might be specialist things and and thinking of areas, particularly in banking and finance, um, funds, construction, uh, you know, again, energy, um, where they're quite specific skill sets that are needed. Um, there's equally, you know, areas like retail, FMCG, um, even just sort of generally running a business. Every business has technology contracts that they're involved in. They might have a lease of a, you know, premises that they're involved. They might have their own terms and conditions and yep. things like that. So um, there might be specialist contracts that you're looking at more so than others, but there's always going to be a bit of a generalist overlay, and it just depends on where a company might sit in a particular industry as to how much uh, weight they will give towards that specialism against uh, you know someone who has more generalist skill sets because the roles themselves, um, as much as the job descriptions don't say it, the job briefings don't say it, um, majority of those are still relatively generalist. Yeah, okay. And, and sort of aligned to that, if, if I just curious of your thoughts. So one of the big concerns that I think has been voiced from the pandemic has been that the new trainees in, who have gone the traditional road into private practice didn't necessarily get that grassroots base level training that they would have done because I wasn't physically sitting next to my 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 partner. And that was having a negative impact on that baseline skills. Have you seen any of that transition into what you're facing from a recruitment perspective? In terms of a a baseline skill and and training, I mean, there's definitely a lot of conversation around that at the moment, but that's probably more coming out of the the law firms than it is necessarily the in-house teams themselves. Um, There's definitely a feeling that without exposure to the office environment where you can learn through osmosis and things like that, that maybe lawyers won't develop at the same rate as they had previously. It's probably too early to be able to make any kind of assessment on that. Um, you know, sort of 
thinking of what's a normal working day is actually quite different through different generations of lawyers because uh, anyone who'd been a lawyer prior to 2020, for them, the norm was going into the office, exactly, yeah. whether it was in-house or a law firm or something like that, um, whereas a lawyer that had graduated in 2020 didn't know anything different to working from home because particularly in Sydney and particularly in Melbourne, um, by and large, the first two years of their career was spent in lockdown. Yeah. So for them, their normal is working from home, working remotely. So there has been a little bit of a, you know, kind of clash of opinions coming into, into sort of the back end of 2022 and, and certainly into 2023. It's definitely risen. Um, I don't see it going away at all in okay. 2024 in terms of what that conversation piece looks like, but yeah, I think it's probably important to know that, you know, what's normal for one person isn't necessarily normal for someone else when you think about, you know, where people have started their um, their professional journeys. Yeah, okay. That's really interesting. Thank you. Um, look, a couple of questions maybe as we start to draw towards a close then. Um, the first sort of brings us back to sort of your assessment of the market and the salary survey data that's coming out. What, what, what are people looking for now? You know, I guess total reward has been a term that's been probably overused now. But what are people looking for from, from your research and from conversations? Yeah, so certainly um, based on the, yeah, the conversations that we're having and, and the research that sort of goes into the salary survey, people are weighing up job opportunities and whether that's leaving their current role or, or taking on a new one yeah. um, with a lot more kind of rigour around what those important input factors are for them. It's not just salary, career growth. There's a lot of other things that, that you know, certainly have, um, have risen in terms of priority. Um, the working flexibility is definitely one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of if we're thinking about whether someone would or wouldn't take on a role, that's something that people will find as being particularly important um, in assessing an, an opportunity. Um, obviously, that's something that salary isn't necessarily attached to. Yeah, you can't put a figure on, you know, what does working from home, you know, what's the value of that to someone um, other than it's something that's taken into consideration. Uh, you know, obviously, there's some conversations going around about, you know, do people who go into the office get paid more than someone who's working from home and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Those conversations are probably in their infancy. And, and I think the difficulty at the moment is, um, you know, as an employer, if you want your employees in the office the whole time, the employee conversation that we're having with candidates is, we don't want to be in the office the whole time. So there's a bit of a kind of butting of heads there. And it's, again, probably early days in terms of knowing where that conversation ends. I certainly think the majority of people out there are looking for some sort of balance between working from an office and, and being able to work from home. Um, salary is an important factor if we take into yep. consideration things like inflation, um, you know, the increased cost of living, it would be, um, yeah, incorrect to assume that people aren't placing a lot of emphasis on that. It may not be their major driving factor, but it's definitely an important one in terms of seeing what that salary growth might look like. Yep. Um, and probably an important factor, particularly from an in-house lawyer's point of view, in that um, you know the difference, major difference between practicing in-house and, and practicing in a law firm is law firms traditionally have a lockstep year-on-year salary progression um, on the in-house side of things. We don't necessarily see that. So often in order to kind of market realign, you do need to look at opportunities outside of where you've been. Um, yep. Not every company, um, you know, some definitely keep their eye on things and increase people um, proportionately year-on-year, year, but 
Um, you know, if you looked at an in-house lawyer over five years compared to someone who'd been in private practice over the same period of time, if they started on the same salary, the lawyer in private practice would finish on a higher salary okay. other than someone who'd been in-house that might have moved jobs or, or something like that. So that's probably still an important consideration, both for candidates and clients, is, is making sure that um, those salary adjustments are being made. Retention is probably just as important as uh, attraction, particularly yep. in what is a candidate short market at the moment. And and just sort of on that, do, do you find that employers, and you know, maybe showing my age a little bit here, you know, we're always a little bit hesitant about people that have moved, have a lot of movement on a CV or a re- on a resume. Is there more acceptance now that actually I'm going to jump around, not every year, but, but more movement in my career to enable me both to get maybe the, the greater, obviously the greater experience, but also command a greater salary? Is that becoming more accepted or is there no real data to support that either way well probably no real real data other than sort of real-time conversations that we're having and and it's definitely a subjective thing i think most employers want to see a degree of stability in someone's cv um what does stability look like on average it's probably something between maybe three to five years in a role and we'll have most uh hiring managers feeling comfortable about that you know, it can go too far the other way, particularly if you're looking at jumping from one competitor to another. And it's, you know, sometimes, well, they've been there for 15 years. They think too much like X and yep, not enough yep. like Y. Yep. Um, so, you know, and equally, if you bounce around every six months or, or 12 months, that's going to be detrimental as well. Um, you know, there probably isn't a huge contracting market in Australia like there is overseas. Most lawyers who are practicing are in full-time roles, whether yep. it's, uh, or I should say permanent roles, whether it's full-time or, or part-time. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, there might be some models out there in terms of why people have worked particular contracts or for a shorter period of time. And if it can be explained, there's a general acceptance of that, but it is probably that sort of three to five years that um, most hiring managers are looking for in terms of seeing that stability. Yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you. As I say, I'm sure it was an age comment as much as anything else. Um, look, final question for you, and this is the crystal ball moment, right? So we're we're heading towards the end of 2023. It's a year where there were great hopes of financial recovery all around the world, and that seems to have stalled. We clearly have ongoing conflicts in different parts of the world, so that, so we're living in a in a time where actually uncertainty and maybe anxiety is 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 creeping back into into the way we we live. Um, from your perspective, looking at the market and considering the data that's coming out of your salary survey for this year, what are some of the predictions for, that you would like to put on the table for 2024? Yeah, or you always get yourself into, into trouble of trying to look into the future too far. But I think in terms of certainly the early part of 2024, we'll be expecting to see something similar to what we've seen at the back end of 2023, which is a cost-conscious market. Yep. There are some big organisations out there at the moment that are going through restructures and things like that. If that continues into next year, then, again, that kind of confidence within the market itself will look a little bit shaky. Um, there are still opportunities out there for lawyers that want to look and want to move, whether that's uh, in-house or in private practice. Yep. Um, areas of practice may have changed or industries may have changed in terms of where that demand sits, but... I still think it will remain a relatively good market 
for lawyers. It just may not be what we saw in 2022 in terms of just the volume of opportunities that were out there and just about, you know, almost every, every industry that was going. Um, certainly the salaries that were off, on offer, that has slowed down. Yeah. And I would expect that to remain relatively stable, um, particularly as against inflation. I don't think we'll see, um, wild spending, um, you know, huge increases like we had in kind of the back end of 2021 and 2022. So a cost-conscious market that's remaining relatively stable is, okay. is probably what we'd be expecting to see through to at least the mid- middle of next year. Mm-hmm. What the back end of next year looks like will probably come down to a lot of those factors that you mentioned and, and whether there's any further clarity around what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, no, not a cause for concern, but certainly um, something that people are keeping a close eye on and, and that in itself has sort of led to a, very kind of, yeah, as I say, um, conservative approach to particularly recruitment at the moment. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, look, Robert, we're, we're pretty much against time now, but any closing thoughts for, you know, the audience people that might be thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind just finding out maybe a little bit more about what the market's doing or whether, you know, I won't say specific individual salary advice, but maybe some guidelines about some, some market conditions. You know, thoughts, what, what should they do? Yeah, so I think for anyone that wants further information about what's happening in the current market, it may be just some advice around a salary discussion that they're having yeah. if they work for a you know a company that has a year-end um, salary review or even heading into kind of early next year thinking of salary reviews for certain companies that might take place in the early months uh, of next year, um, would be reaching out to myself or one of my team for a confidential conversation. Contact details are provided um, in this video uh, on the link, so feel free to, to reach out to either myself or one of my team members for a confidential conversation. Obviously, if people are looking for new opportunities and, and wanting to move, we can have those conversations as well. But um, you know, if it is just sort of some advice around salary reviews that are coming up, um, that's really what our salary survey itself is, is geared towards, is, is helping people maintain um, that kind of market continuity in terms of their own earnings against their peers. Yeah, very good. Brilliant. All right. Well, look, Robert, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure spending some time chatting through, obviously, your view on the market and the trends, that the, the analysis that's been done around your trend survey. Uh, so thank you again. Um, and please, as I say, feel free to reach out to Robert or um, we look forward to seeing you next time.